Spooky, spooky skeleton. Spooky, spooky. Oh, hey, save roommates. I didn't see you come in. I'm Kevin, and welcome to the save room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. Typically, this episode, we're not actually talking about the video games. We're talking about horror movies. In fact, we're talking about our favorite horror movies to dig out for Halloween time. We wanted to get in the spirit of it. You know what I'm saying? Spirit? You get it? Because ghosts, they die. Spirits? <laughs> oh, me. Daniel did not accompany me for this episode. He's actually on a special mission to uh, gather midnight meat snacks for our week. Uh, instead, I'm joined by Jess, a longtime friend and friend of the show. It is our first remote session, so bear in mind there may be some uh, audio hiccups here and there. I tried to smooth them out, and oh yeah, that's a thing. This is my first editing project for the podcast. Uh, Daniel typically very, very aptly handles those affairs, and I don't worry about it, and then I constantly berate him and go, hey, where's the podcast? 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 But now I understand his pain. I fucking took hours to do this, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it came out pretty okay. Let me know. If not, I, I definitely want to do more remote sessions with Jess. She was a great guest. A uh, lot of good insights, a lot of good, good, good goofs. Um, I want to do a little housekeeping up front. I'm very proud to announce to you guys that you can find the save room on Spotify. Fuck yes. Um, so that joins uh, iTunes. We have Google Play. We got Stitcher going on. And uh, as always, you can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show. It is our home. It is also the home of many, many amateur rappers. And we couldn't be prouder to support uh, SoundCloud for that reason. Now, um... I will let you know, Jess did record on a PlayStation 4 mic, and I am impressed at the results, but keep in mind, you're, you'll be able to know right away. But otherwise, this episode was a fucking blast to record, and a uh, pain in the ass to edit, so I, I hope you appreciate it. Uh, otherwise, yeah, uh, enjoy, guys. Spooky, spooky skeletons, yeah. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined by... My name is Jess. Wow, that 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 didn't that didn't flow with the uh oh, fuck, the, sorry. Okay. <laughs> like fuck. I'm joined by hello. Hello. It's a, it is I. <laughs> it's me. Hi Jess, welcome to Quick Save. Hi, thanks for having me. Longtime listener, first time caller. There we there we go. And this is where you start talking about fucking conspiracy theories. As well, as possible. Well, no, don't how dare you mention that? How dare you mention Why? The, how dare you mention the Art Bell Area 51 call in front of me when you know what it does to me? You know yeah, it sets you up. Can you tell the audience about uh, oh, how Art Bell, Art Bell just assaults your ears? <laughs> okay, well, since it's the spooky yep. season. It is. Uh, if, if you don't know what uh, or who Art Bell is or who he was, do a quick periphery Google search. Um, just kidding, don't do that, I'll tell you. Uh, Art, Bell is a <laughs> Art Bell is a famous radio host, um, and he was famous for uh, taking calls from people who had uh, just weird shit to talk about. So it could be anything from like conspiracy theories to like Sasquatch sightings and things like that. Um, but there's one really famous call that he took where he... Um, answered a call from someone who said that they were calling from an undisclosed location near Area 51, um, oh. which is also known as Groom Lake in Nevada, if you didn't know, and you're not a weird alien nerd like I, me. I actually did not know that. 
I did. Okay. Groom <laughs> um, Lake is what it is? Groom Lake. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So he, re- he receives this call from this person. And uh, I think what's most disturbing about it is the, the person who's on the other line is, is saying the entire time that he's speaking that he doesn't have a whole lot of time to talk, that he's running out of time, that they're going to find him. And everything he says sounds so genuine because his voice is just shaking with fear. Um, and I've just, I've never heard anybody be so scared of something. And uh, basically he's talking about how the government is aware of like um, extra dimensional beings that are like what we know as aliens and like they're trying to hide them from us and it's truly horrifying and the scariest part is that the first time in the history of Art Bell's radio broadcast um, it got cut out right in the middle so the entire entire station lost power and it came back up a couple minutes later but um, they weren't able to get back in touch with the caller and they they heard from someone like two weeks later saying oh yeah it was a hoax but it sounded like it didn't sound like the same guy necessarily so there's still kind of like some conspiracy theories that say like "Mm, we don't know if it was real or not so that's and a lot of people are familiar with it because tool has sampled it um in their music before that's where everybody knows it from great i don't have to say anything like i just i know you just you just mentioned something spooky and i just go because like i I was thinking about the little tool tidbit and i was like oh yeah and they use it in the tools and you just fucking took it and i'm like oh okay i've got nothing to do but genuinely like a second ago when you when you were talking about the art bell thing i i got a little like but bugged out i got a little creeped out actually to be honest with you yeah, there's something so, I remember you, listening to the whole thing and it just it it is fucking unnerving. <sighs> Even if it is a lie, it's such a good lie. It doesn't matter. It's as it's as good as the Orson Welles broadcast to me. Like it's as almost good as good as War of the Worlds because it's got that genuine oh. level of, oh fuck, this is so extremely believable that even if it's fake, I'm I'm falling for it. Like you've suspended my disbelief and I'm officially scared. <laughs> Save roommates before you run away from the conspiracy theories. Let's tie it back to video games real quick. The original Prey <laughs> game uh, used the entirety of that Art Bell conversation on an alien spaceship. And you can just, you can stand there in front of it and listen to a whole fucking uh, uh, call, I believe. And then I think they That's actually- horrifying. Yeah, they actually got Art Bell to do voiceover because of that shit. Like, <gasps> in the game, yeah. Where like, he's doing a radio show the entire time talking about, uh, I believe, the alien invasion that's occurring within the game. It's really cool. Wow. Yeah. I I mean, the new Prey is fine, but let me tell you what, that original <laughs> Prey was fucking dope. Would you say it was out of this world? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Ever. <laughs> Under any circumstance. But thank you so much. So the topic of the show <laughs> uh, is actually our favorite uh, scary movies that we like to dig out for Halloween because we, we were like going back and forth and it was like, what do we, what do we, we want to talk about horror movies? And it's like, let's be a little seasonal about it. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let, let's talk about the ones that like, you know, we carry from our childhood that we just can dust off the cobwebs each time and still enjoy the shit out of. So I, we, we went back and forth on a, on a dock <laughs> and it just, it, it got, yeah, it got fucking ridiculous because it's it's just us naming every horror movie we've ever seen. And like, if you were to ask us, it'd be like, yeah, I could watch any of those. Pretty <laughs> like, much. And I don't know about you, but I've been pretty consistent mm-hmm. about doing something, if not spooky no. every day, but like watching something scary. No, I've been I've been slacking very, very hard on that. I, I've been trying to stream games like uh, Resident Evil 5 and 
and well, actually, Tris, Tris Resident Evil. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, is there although, another horror yeah. game? I did. I is wasn't aware. Did, did they make others? I don't. I don't nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I uh, have not been keeping up with movies. I know you recommended that I see Creep, Creep One and Two. Creep one and two. I think you will really enjoy them. I think uh, you, as someone who shares my passion for found footage films, where like if it's a found footage joint, I am I am there. You have my attention. Like I'm right there with you. Um, and Creep is filmed in that exact style. Oh fuck yeah! Okay yeah, I really do like found footage. Oh, that reminds me of some spooky movies that aren't on the list. Really? <laughs> I I would totally recommend that anybody out there watch vhs1 and vhs2 and then never watch VHS yeah. viral yeah but those are they, really good yeah, that's not a film actually that it's it's, it's a, a joke, fever dream actually. a really long joke yeah. um <laughs> but <laughs> different directors doing okay so two things that are great for me in horror which is found footage and anthology and it mixes a bow yes. and it's very good i enjoy those part two me had too. especially i love it too alien yeah, the Alien Slumber Party. Do you remember that one oh. segment? Oh, of course, of course I remember that one. Are you oh, kidding me? One. Okay, now I don't want to spoil it because I do actually yeah. want people to see it. But just yeah. the concept alone is is very... Now, here's the thing about found footage for me, and I think you can probably agree, is that it's, we'll again, and I keep using this word, but it's genuine. <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it's not fake. None of these found footage films no, are well. fake. They're all real. What are you talking They're about? Real. They're all real. But I, th I think I, I like the level of immersion that found footage gives you. It's very like, okay, well, now you're in this world too. Like you're seeing it from our perspective. So it's it's kind of like video games do where it kind of puts you in that first person. You're like, cool, great, here I am. So we're going to jump around a little on the list, but like since we're on the subject of found footage. Um, Excellent. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Fucking Cloverfield. Okay, I, people so, give it shit, son. They wouldn't have made won't three hear of them if it wasn't good. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I won't hear it. I won't hear it. And now, yeah. but bear in mind, we're just going to talk about the first one to keep on track with the found footage um, theme just for a second. But you mm -hmm. and I saw Cloverfield in the theater, like, together. Could you imagine a movie in a theater? Wow. Kids. Kids, I promise you, it still happens to this day. Look yeah. it up. But no, I remember seeing that in the theater, and I, I just I remember watching the ending and being like gripped the entire time and being like, it's over already. Because <laughs> like I just I wanted I was sucked into that world. Like that's I think that's the power of that found footage thing. I don't think I'd ever seen a horror movie do that before. What was that one gal's name? The the one who exploded at some point in the film. Um, the one who was in Mean Girls uh yes correct well what was her it was like liz something or elizabeth liz i don't remember her yeah she was great okay i've always like that was like the first movie that i ever noticed her in but yeah she she's fantastic she could be fucking in anything and i'll be like yeah yeah i'm there yeah i'll check it out sure sounds good yeah exactly i she was in something else that was really fucking cool too you're right oh man it's gonna drive me crazy yeah that's gonna drive me so insane <sighs> if i don't figure I it out. keep on vamping and i'll look that up okay <laughs> okay sure. tell, tell i mean like a tangentially with like the cloverfield thing i think that like the idea of found footage and sci-fi horror is a little bit unique because there aren't a lot of ways to explore that because when you think sci-fi you think like okay well it's got to be futuristic in some way and how are you going to make that believable with found footage but i think cloverfield does that really well because it's modern sci-fi and if someone tells me that that movie's not sci-fi you can go fuck yourself that's science fiction i don't want to okay. hear it 
just a little sidebar because we did we really didn't figure it out but there was a bunch of theories about the cloverfield monster that were both perpetuated by the studio and uh, i know right by fans my favorite thing was that uh the cloverfield monster had only recently arrived on earth there's like one shot at the end of the film that shows like this thing falling out of the sky when they're like you know chilling in coney island mm -hmm. uh, the main characters that i can't remember who deserve to die <laughs> um so it is a baby when it actually starts attacking new york and we don't get to see an adult one until the third cloverfield film spoiler i don't give a shit though <laughs> <laughs> okay okay uh her name is lizzie kaplan that's what it is she was in quite a few films a lot of comedies mm -hmm. um she was in true blood for a little while yeah i think i remember that i think yeah he straight up died in true blood i remember that I, I fell off with true blood after they started introducing like fairies and stuff i fell off at like season two which was actually their best season so yeah season two was really good she's in every um piece of media that starts with true there's a she's actually in a movie called true love <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, she was in True Lies. I remember her in True Lies. She was in True Lies. She was the jet harrier. <laughs> she was the left wheel. She's great. I love her. Anyway, yeah, let's. Uh, what's like a comfort horror movie for you that you're just like, I have seen this for years and years and years and I can't get sick of watching it. What's that for you? Man. So something that I could probably watch over and over and over would be The Mist. I don't know if anybody knows this because it's something you would only know if you owned the film, but they released it in color and in black and white. Right. I remember this. I do right. remember this. Um, because, did, you, uh, did you see it in black and white? I did. I loved it in black and white. Um, Frank Darabont said that he wanted to originally do it in black and white, but he didn't think it would be, it would have like a wide enough appeal, which is true. Right. Like if you, if you release a horror <laughs> movie in black and white and it's not Night of the Living Dead, what are you fucking doing? It would be a stretch for me as well. Like I would want yeah. it as an ancillary thing. It's like, give me a DVD or a limited release like they did with like Logan and a couple other movies. But yeah, no. I, and I think that's a good idea. Yeah, for sure. I'd like keep on doing that. Honestly, if it if it fits, and especially yeah. like if you're filming on uh, on older technology instead of going digital, uh, I can't remember what they did for the mist. To be honest with you, uh, I don't remember either. But I do. So I really like the black and white version. Obviously, mm -hmm. like the the colors in it work really really well. Um, and it is such a it is it's not a modern horror. I mean, it is, but it isn't. There's nothing in it that says like you know like oh if if only they took out their cell phones and you know x y and z happened then this would all be solved like yeah like uh, nobody yeah. nobody's getting attacked by a tentacle monster and going fml and then dragged into the mess <laughs> <laughs> like no it, it yeah no no one's not steeped in technology or anything but it does take place in a grocery store which may be very confusing for people in the 1800s <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is very true yeah um and also very confusing for people who don't regularly read stephen king who might not understand why he picks such a setting for a story but that's, that's <laughs> <Crush>. <laughs> um i okay so did you ever end up checking out the miss tv series no good job you win <laughs> You win. I, I certainly did not. I watched no, I didn't. all of it, dude, and it was really. It was fucking rough. They <sighs> they turned the mist into an actual antagonist that was malicious for some reason. Like, because uh -huh. like the movie like treats it like, um, or it, the Stephen King story just treats it as like this is almost like an unnatural event attacking this town. Don't think of it as like something that hates or feels. It is just craziness it just that is almost like you can kind of 
posit that it might be an atmosphere that these weird creatures, these Lovecraftian exactly. creatures kind of hide in. The show, on the other hand, was just like, how are we going to break up this couple? <laughs> like, oh, what? Jesus. What? And suddenly I no longer care. <laughs> One and done season, not surprised. But I, I do think that a Miss TV show could work if you just keep on expanding the mist like across the country <laughs> just keep sure, on sure i guess and then it becomes like the walking dead and then nobody oh wants yeah to well fucking kill it at season nine <laughs> yeah like yeah are. my mom still watches it no so. I, I i could not i could not all right i'm gonna give you one of mine then okay right. lay it on me uh definitely 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 and this is something that like is as i as it gets older and I get older, it's harder to rope people into watching this, but definitely hmm. Evil Dead 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dead by Dawn. Yeah. Do yeah. you remember? Dead by I, Dawn, of course. I think we tried to watch it, right? With like a few other folk. <laughs> and they were just like, what the fuck is this? And one of them <laughs> fell asleep. Yeah. And I was just like, this is the best movie ever made. I don't understand why there's a question. <laughs> i don't understand yeah that was like revolutionary for uh the high school version of me who really enjoyed horror but had never seen that like mm -hmm. it was it was amazing i mean like how you can't beat that premise you can't that's why they did it twice <laughs> a movie so nice they did it twice um yeah, <laughs> I, I completely agree because it, it okay so if you don't know audience the evil dead was a straight up horror movie that had some goofy elements to it but it wasn't like by any stretch of the imagination humorous no it, you know people are like someone bruce campbell's sister dies and then comes back and stabs him in the fucking like leg with a pencil or, or something just crazy like that. think about that for a second just think about that just uh join us yeah, anyway <laughs> <laughs> and then part two turns it into this kind of they actually coined a, a new term for it splat stick it is Ooh. gross out comedy that still has that horror vibe but it's ridiculous it's really over the top but it's not over the to top to be like a parody or make fun of itself it really is trying to show you this dude's going fucking crazy because these creatures enjoy like tormenting him that's, yeah that's their whole mo yeah so you don't know what's real fucking furniture comes alive and starts laughing at it my dude has to lop off his own hand and it, it is the career defining role for bruce campbell he plays uh ashley williams that's correct that is, <laughs> that is correct, correct. um right. I, it's it's so funny that you mentioned that funny uh facebook today reminded me yep. of a status that I posted like in 2009 that I think I must have been at like a convention or something or at the mall like working, which I mean, it's 2009 sounds about right. But I guess like I met somebody who had like an ash tattoo and I got so excited about it. It was like my status and I was like, just met a kid who had an Ashley Williams tattoo. No big deal. And I thought it was so cool, but like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but no, but um, I think what I really like about, the Evil Dead, I mean, Evil Dead 2, obviously, but, like, the whole the whole trilogy, and then even, which extends to the remake, is the, um, is the idea of what it plays on. Like, it really is so fear-based. Mm -hmm. Like, you, if you put yourself in the shoes of that main character, you, there's no way, like, a, a normal person would be able to make it out alive. You know, so it's, it, I, okay, something, I don't mean to cut you off. The, no, you're good. The one thing that's so interesting to me about the original Evil Dead and then the remake is that they both do a very similar thing, which is you it's not readily apparent who the hero is of the yes. story. 
Like you don't know who's going to make it, what's going to happen. And in fact, they put both main characters. Uh, I forget her name in, um, in uh, the evil dead remake, but she was basically the analog for Ash, but had nothing of the characterization of it, but gotcha. make, makes this huge turn in the third act where you're like, Oh my God, that's Ash. <laughs> it's great. Like, Oh, wait a second. Are you talking about like the, the daughter, <laughs> the daughter? What do you mean? Like the, um, the guy who was studying the, the Necronomicon and she comes and it's like her dad's cabin. Mm, what was, I'm trying, Barnaby something is the last something. name. I think. Something yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. yeah, they actually bring her back in the uh, TV show. Have you ever watched the, I did. I watched a couple episodes. I really liked it. It's really good. I have them on a uh, Blu-ray. I, I, I haven't seen oh, the third nice. season. I'm very sad that it's ending, but uh, no, yeah, I, I, I'm not, well, no, 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 no. The, the, in the Evil Dead remake, like the actual last survivor, like you really wouldn't have figured that she would have been the last survivor or the one that becomes like the Ash character, like going no through. Shit. And then I realized in the original movie, it's like, oh yeah, well, we didn't know who the fuck Ash was either. And he was just kind of like one of the crew and then slowly, but surely everyone else is getting whittled down. And my dude's out there, you know, bearing his girlfriend and you're like yeah i think we're following him for a while <laughs> <But> <laughs> i think we're going with this guy yeah. um and actually i i have no. to you know i have to mention it you know yes. i gotta mention it even the musical oh my god you know i gotta I'm mention it not a killer <laughs> <laughs> do you know how many times i used that, yeah. that one song for like auditions when i was in drama the um oh, all the all men the in my life keep getting killed by kandarian demons <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good didn't didn't we go to see like a like a community production of we, of, we absolutely did and we okay. and i got us tickets for the splash zone oh hang on do you hear a spooky cat <gasps> she's is screaming. it mine Oh yeah, my goodness. My, she's just she screaming in the middle of the living room. <laughs> she's mad because we never took her to see it. I don't think she existed. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely possible. It's entirely I, possible. I, I know we're rounding this off a lot of evil dead talk, but I would be absolutely remiss. And, and this is something that I absolutely need to do before this month is out is I need to rewatch army of darkness. The third evil oh. that I need to, it's such a weird like transition. Cause it, it, it's not, Oh my God you would never have expected that series to evolve into that. There's a tease at the end of evil dead two about him going I, back in no time for some reason. And it's like, kind of like, Oh, that's neat. Who knows if this will ever get a sequel yeah. 1991 or <laughs> comes around and suddenly a studio is like, Sam Raimi is my dude. Let's give him like, I don't know, like 20 more million dollars and see what he does with it. He, he see was, what happens nuts the, the 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 script is insane everything that mm -hmm. happens is insane it's like gulliver's travels mixed with uh, i don't even know how to describe it like, it's yeah no you're right it's very one of its kind there is it's you know what it is it's like yeah. gulliver's travels with like kid in king arthur's court mixed with <laughs> yeah. mixed with like i don't i don't know somebody threw a Little shotgun dead. at it That's yeah true. Like it, it like yeah. that's the best thing I could say. It's like it's like somebody took Evil Dead and made it like <laughs> Night in King Arthur's Court for some reason. Yeah, it, yeah, it is I a cult classic. It is unforgettable. I mean, the the that's where we get the whole boomstick speech, mm -hmm. and we get you know, oh, we get so much from that fucking movie. It's, it's like all right. the, uh, the zoom ins, like those really really. Oh cool yeah, that carries on the Spider Man and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're totally yep. right. To be honest, like all of the um, cultural callbacks to that franchise and everything we know really just stems from Army of Darkness. 
Yep. You know, all the lines, groovy, all groovy, of yeah. Well, groovy is in part two. <laughs> Let's be fair. But it, fair it was made two. it was made famous more so because I think Army of Darkness was a bigger hit. Right. It well, <laughs> I don't know how to explain that because it's one of those it was a hit after the fact kind of, of films. Cult classic. I'm pretty sure it bombed when it actually released. Oh, I, I, I believe oh, yeah. that. I believe and, that. And to be fair, that's actually uh, a consistent story with this huge list of horror movies that we're probably not going to get through. Um, <laughs> and also movies that yeah. Sam Raimi makes, but we won't talk about that. We won't. Not certainly not the Quick and the Dead, which no. is the second second time I've referenced that movie on this show. Okay, <sighs> yeah, don't know why, but I have. Okay, I need to talk about a director in particular. And I, I wonder who you're. Of us, I, I think I have an idea of who it's going to be. Both of us put like combined no less than fourteen films by this director, and we're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That that tracks. Uh, yep, John yeah, that Carpenter. Like... John, John motherfucking Carpenter. John motherfucking Carpenter is one of the best horror directors of all time. Start, Jess, start me off with your favorite oh, John Carpenter film, please. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, my God. No, oh. I know what it is. Come on. You know what it is. It's They Live. Okay. I didn't. I was expecting the thing. I knew it. I knew it. That's why I was like, oh, no. But I really had to think about it for a yeah. second. So okay. the, thing, the thing is his best. I wouldn't say They Live is That's like. the best film. Yeah. The thing yeah, is. Yeah, but I wouldn't film. say it's like a horror movie. I would say it's horrifying. I wouldn't say it's like. I don't know. There's not. It's there's not anything about it that scares me. It's sci-fi horror for sure. And thank you. That's what it is. Yeah. It's more. It, I would say it's more sci-fi. But I think the thing is, when most people think of, no, that's Thanks. not true because when you think of John Carpenter, you think Halloween. Yeah, there is that. There is that too. But, for, but I think for me, it's the thing because I'm. I love sci-fi so much, and sci-fi is so important to me. And like, if you put aliens in it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking watch it. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't care if it's shitty; yeah. I'll probably watch it. You um, started with the Art Bell shit. You started this entire podcast. Like, uh, <laughs> it's true, and and it's why my favorite Stephen King book has is the one with aliens in it. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Knockers. You know they're actually making Tommy Knockers into a, like a full-fledged thing. You, you bet I your ass! I know about the Tommy Knockers yeah. remake. You know I was know it about a, it. Is it a movie or is it a show? Uh, so it's, they think they're going to be doing like a show because the book itself is, is literally like 700 pages long. Oh, so we're talking about the Stephen King Coke years, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I read that book for one that reading program that was around in middle school where you would like, like I think it was Accelerated Reader where you would like read the book and then you go in the library and you take the test and you get points. You remember that shit? Oh my god! Yeah, I did that for uh, fucking um, Odd Thomas by Dean Koontz. <gasps> um, the only good Dean Koontz book. The uh, the only Dean Koontz book. He writes other books. Correct. That's weird. Correct. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> That's Odd really Thomas strange. nine. Um, yeah, he he has written like fifteen fucking Odd Thomas books. Yeah, that is I know. Yeah. But that's a side sidebar. Let's go back to Johnny. <laughs> Johnny C. John Carpenter. Who, Johnny who C. Um, does his so, own music for his fucking movies. Oh God. Who, did you, do you know that he did the yeah. music for Season of the Witch? Yes. Yes, I did. I didn't know I didn't know that. I watched it the other day, and I, I saw that in the credits, and I like leapt up out of my seat. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, no, he produced uh, Season of the Witch and wanted somebody else to direct because he, he – we're talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, y'all. Um, he wanted to turn it into an anthology series because he was like, we killed Michael in part two. What the fuck? Like, what? he doesn't come back you know exactly and audiences were like no fuck you we i don't understand why tom sizemore became like a robot 
<laughs> hey guys, listen, I don't want to hear it because because technically, technically, Michael Myers what? is in the third one. Oh no, 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 no. I know exactly. No, that's a cop out. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they show a fucking little TV of like a guy in a gas station watching the original Halloween. <laughs> It's like, hey, he's technically yeah. in it. He's, he's there. The shape is there. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> what the so, fuck? But, okay. so, so the thing. Give it to me. The so thing. let's talk about the thing. Okay. Um, I actually have tickets to go see it in 35 millimeter next weekend. That's fucked up. I am so excited. Not. You are uh, not, and I, mean, I am. <laughs> God, nobody wants to do fun Halloween things. Like um. It's the best. You have to. I actually saw earlier this month, I saw The Craft in 35mm. And I'm seeing, and I'm seeing, we will talk about this very briefly because I want to touch on some more Stephen King movies, but Misery, I'm seeing in 35mm. Oh, fuck. We should have mentioned that in the state. Oh, this is all over the place. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. Um, so, but going back yeah. to the thing, so I'm really excited to see that in a theater because that's another movie that I, I show to people and they either fall asleep or they get distracted and like start looking at their phones because the film has quiet moments and people aren't used to that. And mm. it's, they don't know that it's supposed to be building tension and they, they lose focus. But if you, if you enjoy horror and you're willing to sit through those moments, it's worth the payoff because the, the absolutely horrendous shit that the, the out of this world body horror that happens is second to none. Oh my, yeah, I I completely agree. Also, uh, the entire film takes place in a um, uh, research facility in the Antarctic or Antarctica, however you want to say it. Jess, is it Antarctica? <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> um, so there is an actual research facility in Antarctica that they make it a Christmas tradition to watch this film every year. You, I remember you telling me that the first time I watched it and I was like, okay, like before, because this was before I had even saw it. And I was like, okay. And then I watched it. And I was like, why would they do this to themselves? Like that just, I love they that just, idea though. They just want to feel something. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Besides cold. The thing. Very excellent. Um, I'm, I want to give you one of my Johnny C films that not a lot of people give love to, but I saw it when I was in high school and I was fucking just ruined by it because it Ooh. was so good i wonder if i can guess it uh go right ahead take your is shot it, is it is it prince of darkness it's yes it is hell it, fucking yeah in one prince of darkness is such an unusual interesting thought-provoking movie that deals with religion but the horror of religion the uh best you, part of it yeah uses a lot of the symbolism again against itself and the plot revolves around like hey we found this really fucking crazy vat of like glowing green goo it's like <laughs> whispering at us and making people go crazy and it's like beneath the church turns out it's the son of satan <laughs> it's the son of satan yeah this, this movie has fucking um i am so sorry i forgot his name but the guy that plays mr miyagi do, do you um, remember Oh wow! Now that I'm oh um oh my god yeah right wow. oh trivia night this is not going well <sighs> now well now that I'm on the spot and I I'm just I'm gonna I wanna like apologize if he's listening um but he's, I know right he's dead um no he's, he's, he's no he's absolutely Pat Morita 
There we go. Pat Morita. Sorry, Pat. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It also has the late, the also late uh, Donald Pleasance, who was in the Halloween films. He plays Correct. a in the film. And uh, uh, so Pat is the atheist of the film, the man of science. And they have so Donald, good. yeah, they have Donald Pleasance like kind of be the voice of reason for religion. Like he's like, I understand where you're coming from, and that's why we're inviting you here. But here's my position on it. And it's so interesting watching these these acting juggernauts basically like go at it with like entirely separate ideologies, and then have this crazy horror movie unfold in the background where Alice Cooper shows up and, and yep. fucking drives a bike through somebody's chest. It's insane. <laughs> That, that, does that does happen. That absolutely happens. <laughs> Has now, such great music too. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so 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 good. It's really too good. It shouldn't be that good. But it's I think every John Carpenter film, you are guaranteed to have good music, like bar none, bar none. Um, now we need to talk about the end. We have to talk about the ending of Prince of Darkness. Yes, that last like ten seconds. Oh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Oh my right. god. Go Um, Well, I just, okay, so it's another, I don't want to spoil the film, so I'll just say briefly what it is without tying it in into the plot. It's 50 years old. It does not Listen, listen, it's a John Carpenter classic, okay? It's from a video camera, again, hearkening back to our interest in the found footage type thing, and it's a a VHS recording of uh, someone walking past the doors of a church, and the doors are opening, and there's just like a figure that is standing there, and it's just, what is it even saying? It's saying numbers, isn't it? Like a date so the thing is uh, throughout the film they they somehow get this transmission i think from this weird ooze creature or not a creature but it's just like a of a, a vat and the transmission keeps on saying one nine nine seven and like they can't figure out what that means and then you find out the full recording is that uh since this movie takes place like in the 80s the future is 1997 to them which is John Carpenter's favorite year of the future for some reason. <laughs> for, for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. And what's happened is that uh, uh, the son of Satan, Prince of Darkness, actually leaves the church and finally uh, reigns his terror in the world. And the characters were getting a fucking transmission in their dreams of this real oh. world thing in the future. It's, it, oh. fucking, it fucked me up. It, I just got chill. You figure out like what they're saying is like, we are broadcasting from the year one, nine, nine, seven, as if anybody would say that. Oh my but God. It's so, so creepy. Scary. It's so good. And I think uh, Marilyn Manson used it in a uh, Gary Newman cover of down in the park. He used that little what? bit. What? Yes, oh my God. What? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Marilyn Manson does a really sensational cover of Down in the Park because Marilyn Manson's better at covers and original music. There's only one thing he's good at, and it's not sucking his own dick. It is. It is covers. Correct. <laughs> I, and then quick aside, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, so The Thing and Prince of Darkness are considered to be a part of a trilogy. Did you know that? I didn't. The Why third, didn't I know that? The third film in this trilogy, I forget what John Carpenter called, but he had like a weird name for it, but he was just like, these were kind of like hard horror films that we took gambles on because they weren't readily like mainstream in any sort of way. But these are the ones that like captured my heart to do. The third one was called In the Mouth of Madness, <gasps> uh, starring Sorry. Sam Neill. Sorry, mm-hmm. before you continue, before you continue, okay. I have a quick question for you. Um, okay. Do you read Sutter Kane? I hate you. 
Damn, you got, you got this fucking steel trap for, for horror films. I know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it is so good. It stars a novelist who's not unlike Stephen King, which is like, I love. Okay. Can we talk about this subgenre real quick? Please. I love, I love horror movies and horror media that are about authors that write horror. Please. It's so good. It's so <laughs> it's good. So, right so off good. the top of my head, it's it's that movie. It's Misery, Secret Window. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All Another. Stephen King All only see. knows how to write about himself. <laughs> You're right. It's, <laughs> it's true. He only knows how. Can you blame the man? Um, yeah. But I, oh, gosh, that. I, 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 got, I got another stuff. one. I got another one. Alan, Alan Wake. Alan Wake <gasps> is about that, too. So yep. good. Yep. So good. I love Alan Wake. Um, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, but just in the mouth of madness, fantastic mm -hmm. film. Fucking. Really I, weird. I really. Yeah. Well, my God. Weird. 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 Um, very Lovecraftian again. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but I I like the kind of take on it that it does. The descent into insanity that happens is very like interesting to watch. Oh yeah. Sure. And fucking sure. obviously it's not as PC these days to have like the plot of your film be like, and this person's crazy. Whoa. It's like, uh, uh-huh. But like, shouldn't he be seeking help? Like, why are we making fun of this man? <laughs> yeah. But his books are coming alive. Whoa. Like, Whoa. Yeah, okay. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so Sam Neill, one of his best performances in this film. He crushes it as the lead. Uh, as as wait, is he Sutter Kane or he, or is he's not the writer? He's the one that's trying no. to seek the writer, right? I thought uh, he was Sutter Kane. No, Sutter Kane was was uh, the I guess the antagonist of the film, right? Like he hmm. he was like a reporter or some shit, like trying to figure out what was going. I I forget. It's great. <laughs> It's a great it's movie. So it's so great. You're right. Sutter Kane was like the guy with the big hair, wasn't it? Yes, he had the big hair, and because I remember there's this one very um, Children of the Corn kind of moment where he got where right. yeah Sam Neil goes to the town and it's like a weird castle and everyone's all crazy about Sutter Kane and and he's just like okay weird but uh, sounds good yeah I love Sam Neil's face as the entire time as like as the uh, as the skeptic the incredulous yes. passerby because he's just like making faces and then one day he's just like I'm insane <laughs> it's great. It's it's crazy. What was his? Oh yeah, mm, his name yeah. is Trent yeah. in the movie, isn't it? Trent. Yes, you are correct. John Trent. Trent. I don't know about that, but yes, Trent was one of his names, either first I remember, or I remember last. This very distinctly because I was like, <laughs> oh, nice Nine Inch Nails reference. <laughs> oh man, we're getting caught Sick. down down fucking. This is fine. This is fine. The, the John Carpenter <laughs> rabbit hole that yeah. happened. I want to give another shout out to another. This is the perfect melding point of everything in my life. Is It's a Stephen King adaptation done by John Carpenter. Lay Christine. it on me. Christine. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> okay. Take me for a, ri me for a ride. <laughs> Christine. Vroom, vroom, motherfucker. <laughs> That's that's actually how the movie ends. I don't know if you've seen it recently, but that's how they end it. It's, it's the last act shot. actually the last shot is much like the last shot of Carrie with the hand coming out of the grave, but it's just a fucking <laughs> car shooting straight out of a grave, <laughs> like diving across the moon. <laughs> it's like that Futurama episode where yes. Bender becomes a wear car. Yes. It's exactly that. You're gonna drop a Futurama reference in front of me? Ah, uh, yep. Of me? 
it's not one of Stephen King's best stories, and nope. it's not one of John Carpenter's best movies, nope. but it's still kind of a cult classic. It's just enjoyable. Because, like, the car effects alone, like them reversing the damage of the car and shit to make it look like it's healing itself, so it's, it's so cool. Just so simple. See, that's the thing that I love about older horror films. Just the practical effects that they implement to just get away with something lends a level of authenticity that like a CG effect does not have. Completely Go agree. practical as much as possible and like if it should only be an instance of like we should add cg to further the lie of the practical effects not don't rely on cg entirely that's what it Thank is you. i completely agree yeah. now there you go do you yep. want to talk Given about would you like to talk day. about your <laughs> your <laughs> probably a film that you and i share that has some of the best practical effects of any horror film aliens Oh, oh, oh no. See, that's a oh, I can no. we can do an entire podcast about alien. It wouldn't be a quick save. It, it would not be a quick save. It would no. not. No, this this is turning into not a quick save. I don't know how much I'm gonna edit uh once I actually get a hold of it. I might just be like, it's a quick save because it's not two hours. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But but no, I think I think we have to if you're talking about horror, you have to talk about aliens. You have to. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, so there's there's two camps here, of course. I don't want to talk about the split, but no. Alien is a straight up. Okay, well, first of all, there's supposed supposedly only about ten different types of stories that you can tell across screenplays, novels, and whatnot. And yeah, Alien is considered a monster in the house story. Yes, it is, and it is. It absolutely is. Correct. Aliens is not a monster in the house story. Let me tell no, you what. It's not. Um, but Alien One is just God damn it! It it not only pushed forward horror, it really changed science fiction and how we viewed science fiction and film because it was one of the first ones to not show a very, uh, uh, you know, just Logan's Run, Star yeah. Wars, everything's perfect, everything is manufactured. It was kind dirty. Of it was a dirty future. Right. It was dirty. It was lived in. You know, it, yes. it was human and it was also it was blue collar. You know, yes, think about the main exactly. characters. Yeah, yeah. The main characters They're in the first Joe Schmoes. Exactly. In the first film, they are basically space freighters. They they yeah. are space truckers, which is a different film starring Dennis Hopper. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> We're not talking about that. We're not going on. Uh yeah, but and then the creature, the way they did it, very similar to Jaws, where throughout the film we don't see it. We 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 get a flash here and there. We we get the kind of the um, the negative space of this creature, like it, maybe some drool, maybe some of it shed skin. You don't know. You don't see the xenomorph. You don't. You can't even fathom it. And but the thing is, the mysticism of this creature is not ruined when you see it. It is one of the very few instances in Hollywood where actually seeing it is worse than what you're imagining. A hundred percent. For yeah. many reasons. For many reasons. Right. Absolutely. Do you remember the ride at Disney? What? Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that ride. Are you are you okay? What was it called? Like Alien Encounter. Alien yes. Encounter. That was the name of yes. it, right? Oh my God. You're giving me flashbacks. <laughs> I know. So I remember forcing my mom to take me on this ride. I had never seen any of the films. She never let me watch them. I knew about Xenomorphs. I knew yeah. what the fuck that was. Like, and I wanted to, and I remember like 
her being super okay with taking me on the ride. She didn't want me to watch the movies. Totally cool taking me on the ride. I mean, this was the woman who introduced me to Stephen King. Clearly, she didn't care if I got scared. Susie don't give a fuck. She don't care. She don't care at all. You should have seen. She just came to visit me last weekend. She brought me a box of Stephen King books. She's like, here you go. Have fun. Got a couple of coons in there, too. Didn't complain. Yeah, you can throw those out. Uh, please yeah. tell me that uh, Dr. Sleep is in that collection. It is. <gasps> please please read it. It is such a good book. People give yeah. it shit because it's not as scary as a shot. It doesn't matter. It feels <sighs> like it's a very different story, very unique unto itself. And I love seeing that character as an adult and have that world mm. expanded in a different way. Okay, um, check What's it out. his face? Ewan McGregor is playing... Uh, Danny? Uh, yeah, Danny. Uh, Danny Torrance really? in the film adaptation of Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Interesting casting choice. I know. Right. I was like, what? Okay. I'm going to fact check that real quick in case I'm being an asshole. Well, Watch it be like, Oh, it's Dave Franco. Sorry. I <laughs> oh God. Dave Franco is actually, you know what? It could, here's the thing with Stephen King movies. There's the Stephen King curse where if you're in a Stephen oh. King movie, there's a chance you might be in another Stephen King franchise. <laughs> Perfect example, Tom Please, Jane. Uh, help me out. What's the other? The so Tom, Tom Jane. Tom Jane was in The Mist. Uh huh. I know that. Tom Jane was in Dreamcatcher. No, you're right. So was uh, Timothy Olyphantastic. Correct. And Jason Lee, and that one guy who ended up being on that boring show. And uh, um, <laughs> yeah, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman was absolutely yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, what what's the one guy's name? And who had a, a Tom Sizemore. There you go. Yep, I got oh, wait. you. <laughs> wait, so the guy from Season of the Witch is not Tom Sizemore. Who is that no, guy? No, it is not. I What's do not name? remember his name. It is I think not it, Tom Sizemore. No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I got It's easy to confuse. His name is Size Tom Moore. Sorry. sorry oh, sorry, sorry, that sorry. guy. I forgot all about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, but then, but actually, I don't know if you've seen Castle Rock, but this falls in line with the Stephen King curse. Um, the the guy that they got to play Pennywise, what's his name? The the ugly ugly looking motherfucker. Oh, he's a scars guard. Yes, um, I forget he's which Castle Rock. He is. He's in Castle. Oh, I heard he's in Castle Rock. You know, he he was also in that really fucking awful show, um, Hemlock Grove. I think it was. Please, please, can we not taint the recording of this episode <laughs> by mentioning that fucking yeah. show? This entire sidebar would be thrown away. By the way, we're talking about Alien. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about aliens. So now, so yeah. one thing I really liked was the, how dark the first one was with not just like the atmosphere and like metaphorically dark, but it is a very like dark, visually dark film. I mean, like they've got like right. six lights on the entire time. I mean, all the scenes that I can think of, they're like si sitting around the table or they're like at a station or they're having a conversation in one area of the ship or something like that or, or I don't know. It's just something about the darkness of it. That's just horrifying. You know, it was really horrifying. So they wear these um, really crazy and large spacesuits when they go onto uh, the, it's not, a, it's a planetoid or mm. I think it's actually a moon LV 426. LV 426. Um, yeah. And, and they go to the derelict. Um, so the suits that they are wearing, the designer or costume designer forgot like, Hey, air holes could help. And so they were, <sighs> literally passing out from like heat stroke I think oh my john, god yeah john hurt got like the sickest like he just like could not take it like oh it, my god john hurt got hurt right john hurt got hurt they could only film for like maybe like 30 minutes at a time in those suits because it was just Holy too shit. fucking much yeah it was inhuman apparently this is this is why we need to be putting more money into the arts programs and schools 
<laughs> just to remember the air holes. Like it's like okay, I made it look like a functioning spacesuit. Doesn't function though. Does not does not function. Is not keeping this person alive. So as much as I love the original Alien and uh, the one scene where uh, what's his name Ian Ian Fleming, yes, uh, decides to, to spit out uh, cummy milk. <laughs> wow, you really you really said that, huh? Yeah, I just went for it. I am a aliens fella. I am camp aliens all the time. I would say that it is neck and neck with my favorite film of all time, which is Jurassic Park. Never heard um, of it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a cult one too. I think mm-hmm. Army of Darkness outsold it. Uh, aliens <laughs> is so is the perfect sequel. It's one of the best sequels ever made because it expands on the idea of the original film so 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 much. Whereas other sequels are more so like. Um, even Evil Dead is literally just a remake of Evil Dead 1. Mm-hmm. Or I mean to say Evil Dead 2 is a remake of Evil Dead 1, but a little different. Because Robert Zemeckis always, he said it best when he was making Back to the Future 1 through 14. He said that <laughs> people want the same thing, but different. Aliens was kind of like, fuck that. I'm going to give them a different thing, but it's going to be such a big different thing that it's going to stick with people and he was right like it is one of the most tense films of all time it is a horror action thriller it is not a straight up sci-fi horror film it, no it has its own vibe it it just takes you for a fucking ride it's a long movie it's a grueling yeah. movie but it's it's a film a it's a great film. film it's a film it's a straight up film three and four or whatever so yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, even the moments of levity in Aliens are like tense. Like even the moments that are funny, like the the when you they do throw a joke in, like it is still like tense because like even the hey Bishop, do that thing with your hand. Like even that like is like he he like grabs the other guy's hand and like starts doing it to him, and it's yeah. like ah, ha 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 ha. Billy Paxton, one of my, I was so legitimately heartbroken when he passed away. Yeah, I know. Uh, The only uh, actor in film to have been killed by a xenomorph, a Terminator, and a Predator. The only one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and the only one who ever will. That's true. I do what you, I, I do know what you're saying about like humorous moments are still tense. Like right after that moment, <laughs> fucking yeah. Shigourney Weaver looks over at Bishop and is just like, you stay the fuck away from me, Bishop. <laughs> like, really, <laughs> just like really articulate, like really biting and really quick. And then like, uh, you know, the Marines are looking at each other like, I guess you didn't like cornbread either. <laughs> it hurts. You're just like, ow, but ha Shigourney. <laughs> Come on, play with us, Shigourney. Oh, God, such a good, yeah. good, good, just a good, good right there. Just Do we have another Shigourney good... movie on this list? No, we don't have um, no Shigourney in here. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> gorillas um, in the Mist. <laughs> gorillas in the Mist. Um, so we don't, I don't have another Shigourney film on here, unfortunately. Okay, well, I can, we, I can quickly we, touch we on. elsewhere. Well, I have, I can quickly mention a couple other, um, just like lady fronted horror films. Um, yeah. So, um, it follows is one that I had, uh, put on the list. So, 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 so good. It's very recent. Just the music alone by disaster piece, fucking haunting and and so good. Yeah. Worthy at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the concept of it was so genuine and so unique. And so like, 
it gave you this fear that was very relatable. Like this could, something like this was totally like, you know, you might've heard something like this through word of mouth, you know, it's, it's like, oh, you know, something's wrong with so-and-so like it just, it, it, it hits home. There's such a, like a moral, like, quandary in the film because there's there's almost a there's a layer of bargaining that occurs here because essentially it is a um death by std there's this thing that follows you that only you can see when you have sex with somebody who is being followed before the only way to like get rid of this creature is actually have sex with somebody else and pass it to them but if they die when the creature inevitably grabs them and does whatever the fuck i don't even know they they brilliantly cut away but then show you the aftermath and you're like I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't want it to happen to me. But could you, could you imagine like, that's the question though. It's like, what are you willing to do when you know you absolutely are going to die? Like it's, it's one of the very few horror movies where it's not just like, Oh, there might be a killer or maybe they can just get away or something like it's like, no, there's no getting away. It will follow you forever. That's what it does. It follows. Uh, what, 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 You heard me. You I, heard me. Uh, what, 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 I want to get a quick aside for The Descent as well. Fucking fantastic. Great film. Mm-hmm. Nothing but ladies. Right. Nothing, but, <laughs> nothing but ladies. Nothing but ladies all the way down in the cavern. <laughs> Just looking up some skeletons. And I will say another quick little lady-fronted film that I really love is Hush. Oh, yeah. Good, so good, good. good one. So good. Sure. Tell me about Hush for like half a second. Let me... <laughs> So Hush is another one of those uh, films, like horror films about a writer who falls into that genre. Um, so she's a writer living alone I in, uh, I know, I know. Um, so she's a writer. She lives alone in the woods. She has one neighbor uh, that lives like down, 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 down the, the road from her. So she's isolated. Um, one night she has like a home invasion. Um, and all of this doesn't sound super scary, but the main character is is deaf. She's hard of hearing, so she communicates only through sign language. So most of the film, you are interacting with the environment sort of like the character is, because the character can't hear her phone ringing. The character can't hear someone breaking glass in the background. She can't hear somebody knocking at the door. So she has these disadvantages that like might save her normally in in a certain in a different circumstance but it's it's very hard to watch because you feel so helpless like turn around turn around but and she can't hear anything and it's it's so difficult to watch um which makes it so scary um there's just something about that movie that like always sticks in my memory just like the way it's written the way it's plotted Mm -hmm. the way it's acted the whole concept of it it's genuinely horrifying i think it also preys on a very 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 real uh, unfortunately a very real fear that most women have uh because that happens you know somebody being followed or attacked or just any of it that that's that's why it's like i I want more people to watch that and be like yo put your put your fucking uh head in her shoes for a second that was the weirdest way to the weirdest way to work in her shoes put your head in her shoes and try to hear (laughs) (laughs) try to hear what Um, but no, I think, yeah, I I completely agree. And another film that really does that, that I don't want to spend too much time talking about, but I do want to mention that's 
uh, in line with this is Gerald's Game, right. which was the Netflix original. Um, another film that, you know, it is such a believable circumstance that the character finds themselves in. And I think that's what makes it so scary. So um, did you ever read the book? I didn't read the book, but I did see the film and it fucking it unnerved me. Um, I think that was probably one of my films of the year, to be completely honest with you. I, I was blown away. Um, I had I I haven't had to look away from the screen watching a horror film in a really long time. Like it's been a minute. And Gerald's game did that for me. I want to also kind of mention, because like I know we talked Evil Dead and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I noticed our list is deficient. It's deficient because it doesn't have zombie films on here. I know. I know. I'm gonna run through it, and I, 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 but I wanted to just like stick to like what's one zombie movie that I can watch every Halloween, and I, and I it came to me immediately. It came to me in a dream, Jess. Really, it came to you in a dream. It did. It can is I guess not... this one too? Go ahead. Go is ahead. it? Is it the Dawn of the Dead remake? No. Damn it. Damn. Okay. Okay. Damn. I do enjoy that movie. Zack Schneider showed promise. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> anyway. You guys remember back in the day? That was also a James Gunn joint, by the way. He wrote that one. Yeah, it was a really, really good movie. And mm-hmm. the music was good. The music was fantastic. Richard Cheese and Lounge Richard Against Cheese. the Machine. Well, and yep. we what? had some uh, Johnny Cash at the beginning. That is true. That is true. And then that song was used in like 15 other movies just because of that movie. Of course it was. So it wasn't that that you were going to say. So what was it? No. However, quick sidebar again. (laughs) (laughs) I remember USA, the channel USA uh, did the special thing back in 2004 when Dawn of the Dead, the remake released. You were able to watch the first 15 minutes of that film. Like the remember the opening, how fucked it is. And then it goes into the title card sequence. They showed that. Oh unedited. god, with the little girl? Yep, unedited. Oh. They're like they warned everybody and just said like, "Hey, this is rated R content. Like, let you know, this is this is mature content." And they showed it and it was the most amazing thing. It got me so pumped. Just imagine if like Netflix was like, "Oh yeah, uh by the way, the first like 12 minutes of Infinity War, we're going to put that, but you got to go to theaters and watch the rest." And be like, "What the Can you fuck? Imagine? Can you fucking imagine?" <laughs> okay. But no, that's not the movie that I can watch every Halloween. The movie that I can watch is Return of the Living Dead. Oh, yes, so I can good. watch that eternally. Punks versus the undead yes. is a plot point that we should mine forever, forever, <laughs> forever, and okay. ever until I die, and I, there are no more films to make for me. Notably, that film, which yes. is is most famous for being, correct me if I'm wrong, the first film to have zombies ask for brains. Ah, uh, I think it is but i do know i think you're right about that it's the first film to actually have zombies speak i also thought it was the first film to have zombies run oh you might be right about that yeah i think it was the first one to do that uh uh chat let us know if we're wrong oh there's no chat (laughs) (laughs) no not this time but also just the tone of it it is it is absurd it knows what it is but it still like gets you in certain parts cuz it's it's like um, one of those old um EC horror comics you know what i'm talking about yeah that's a it, really good way to put it it's it's exactly that tone brought to life um also shout out the creep show creep show <laughs> 
creep show even more, more stephen king fodder i know we got we just can we do a whole stephen king episode like we'll do a recurring like every week we'll just be like hey so okay let's cancel this episode start over this one's dead this one's dead in the water <laughs> but yeah return of living dead i severely recommend it of course the original dawn of the dead fuck yeah um i'm actually not that big of a fan of the night of the living dead to be honest it's a little it's a little outside my taste you never liked it You've never liked it. It's not that I never like. No, you're right. I never liked it. No, you've it. never liked it. <laughs> never liked it. I've lo- I love Day of the Dead, actually. I always got a hoot that it took place in Florida because, like, there's like alligators in the opening segment. Just eating on a that? zombie arm. Uh, one of them was just no, coming I'm out of the bank. That doesn't so happen. <laughs> <laughs> i actually still have your uh, return of the living dead shirt do you yeah, really i still wear that all the time it was, gets a, it gets it was like a size small. yeah <laughs> it gets a quite a reaction because it's got the cover on the front and on the back in in literally ginormous fucking letters it says i can smell your brains <laughs> oh yeah that was a good i got that from a hot topic can't tamp- Let me tell you what Give me, give me some other films. If we're talking about zombies, I need you to take me away on something that I feel like you have complete ownership over and you know what it is. It's, Do you want me to jump in the docks and tell you what it is? Is it Shaun of the Dead? It sure as fuck is. <laughs> you didn't even have to. Nope. You don't even have to. Okay, nope. so I think Shaun of the Dead is probably the most ubiquitous zombie film of our generation because it's the most widely known. I think even if you don't like horror, you can watch Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, for sure, actually. For sure. Like I've definitely shown that to my little sister quite a few times before. I I feel like I've shown it to everybody. I feel like I've seen Shaun of the Dead more than I've seen any other film in my entire life. Uh, yeah, I think that jives. Yeah, that yeah, sounds right. Mm-hmm. That checks out. Um, I've for years I was watching it like every Easter just to be that annoying like budding atheist like mm-hmm, zombie Jesus day <laughs> like but and then I would watch it obviously every like Halloween or every chance that I would get I mean I do you remember being younger before like no. Netflix was a thing <laughs> no yeah I mean before Netflix when you needed something to watch or put on in the background as you were doing something you would watch movies more than once like you would just put them on loop I mean, that was just like a thing that happened. I don't know if anybody else did that. Like, chat, correct me if I'm wrong. But I, th- <laughs> I think that there's no chat. No, I absolutely know what you mean. I, I do. I used to do a bunch of that with like, you know, with my older films. Like, I even did that in the VHS days where I was just like, I'm bored yeah. and I want to color. I'm going to put on Jurassic Park and like, yep. you know, fucking color for a while. Yeah. Exactly. And Shaun of the Dead, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that film. I mean, um, I had a screenwriting class in college and I did like a dissection of two scripts that we got to pick two films that we did. And one of them was Shaun of the Dead that I picked and the other one was The Thing. I should have mentioned this when we were talking about The Thing, but if you've never read the script, like audience, if you're listening to this and you've never read the script, I don't think that's a very ubiquitous thing, but it is beautifully written. It is gorgeous. It is so well done. Um, The Thing, it just, it's beautiful. But Shaun of the Dead, that is a tight concise horror film i mean beat for beat you've got Mm -hmm. like a story that like knows when to hit mark x mark y and mark z like it it's just so good the lines are amazing it's perfectly acted the music i mean like the the queen scene like how can you forget that it's just so good i mean they're just like destroying zombies to queen and like brought queen to a whole new generation of like hissy little hot topic kids (laughs) <laughs> i i love that movie like through and through and i love the Me brilliance too. of the way that it connects with itself too where uh, there's a there's one scene where sean and uh nick frost character what was his name ed 
just Ed? Okay. Uh, they are making a plan for what they're going to do. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, get mom, uh, do this, like uh, go to the pub. And I think <laughs> they literally do all of that in the film. But I remember when they first came up with the plan, they had no intention of um, fighting zombies or anything like that. It was just like them planning their normal day. And then they have to do exactly that. But with zombies, or, it's, it's so exactly. Funny. I want to actually mention that like a yeah. lot of people have not noticed in the film before. You probably have noticed it if you've, if you've seen the film more than once. But like when I read this script, this was the first time I noticed it. There's at the very beginning of the film, Sean is going through like a breakup um, and he's broken up from his girlfriend, Liz, and he's at the pub that he goes to all the time with his best friend and his best friend is kind of consoling him like hey it's gonna be fine you and i we're gonna get really fucking drunk and we're gonna forget about this whole thing is basically like the gist of the conversation but what he says is we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a, a bite at the king's head um and then he starts describing like a series of drinks and the drinks are like colloquial names like just like local drinks look shot names and like a beer and whatever but they correlate beat for beat for things that like happened during the movie. So there's like um, a bite at the king's head. Like um, that's like a zombie biting at somebody's head that literally happens. So if you pull up that conversation and you keep it open as you're watching the movie, you can bring those lines up and see like beat for beat as these things happen. I want to go, I want to go deep right now with Shaun of the Dead. The reason they made the film is because Edgar Wright and um, Simon Pegg and the whole cast, Nick Frost, all worked on a TV show called Spaced. It was a hit. It's a cult classic. It's British humor. It's very good, but it, it very much informs Edgar Wright's career as it is now. Like You'll see the influences translate directly in The Shaun of the Dead. But they made it specifically because they did an episode where uh, the main characters, played by Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, were playing Resident Evil 2 on the Correct. PlayStation 1. And at some point, because Spaced is a weird show, they get stuck <laughs> in the game and they're having to fight the actual zombies together. And they, apparently Edgar Wright and the cast had so much fun doing that. They're like, we need to do this full fledged. And that's how Shaun of the Dead was born. I love that. Everything connects to Resident Evil in some way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the safe room where everything connects to Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Capcom, you owe me a lot of money. <laughs> So, so I want to make sure that I mention this film before I start thinking about anything else and my brain starts spiraling in any other direction, but probably one of my favorite, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but probably one of my favorite horror films the past few years is Get Out. Oh man. Yeah. I think. So that film was an instant classic for me. I can't remember. uh, I cannot remember the last time I have been shocked and like horrified and unnerved like that in like a movie theater, just kind of like sitting there and being completely swept away and, and trusting that this movie was going to guide me in the right direction and being rewarded handsomely. (laughs) It is such a, okay. So it, you know, this kind of, where do I begin here? Jordan Peele is such an aficionado of horror. You can see the influences like uh, The Exorcist, Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby, yep. uh, down down to things like um, even Romero. Because yeah, oh yeah, game, oh yeah. I call it a game. I'm so used to talking about video games. Oh my god, the movie <laughs> is so socially aware and has such a just such commentary to make that it's kind of refreshing because I felt like we went through a long streak of horror movies that didn't really have anything to say. They just wanted to be kind of like there and neat and maybe 
scare you a few times and mm-hmm. move on. This movie affects you. <laughs> it makes Deeply. you think, yo, that one scene will always get me. The the one on the <laughs> stairs? Uh, no, not the stairs. The one where um, he's hypnotized. Oh my god! What they call it? The quiet place or the deep place? And, and, the sunken uh, place. The sunken place. Yeah. And then, <laughs> what does she say? Where her voice goes like suddenly, just crazy deep. I think she's just like she's like down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the most crazy. Like it's when so I saw that, I, I felt like he felt where I was like, I'm going on a fucking acid trip. Oh my I'm, god! I know that. Th- I think that the way that movie builds tension is beautiful i mean there is nothing there's nothing like it there's so few films that do what that film does like by the time you know what's happening but by the time you're there with the character and he figures out like your your heart still leaps out of your chest when you when you figure it out because you along with the character you have that suspicion you have this like something's not right something's wrong i don't know if i trust this person that i've been trusted trusting for so long and then you finally get to the point where your fears are confirmed and it's like the pit of your stomach just drops out and it's just horrifying like that 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 line that she has where she's like you know i can't give you the keys right babe and my heart just sinks every time i hear it because it's like oh no what have you done <laughs> yeah can i ask you a real uh, quick question here mm-hmm. how about that marnie though mm, how about that marnie you love Allison her. Williams, dude. You I'm love sorry. Her. I, I got such a crush on Allison Williams. Put her in you everything and anything. Yeah. I'm going to tell her. Please, no, don't. No, 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 no. Don't do <laughs> oh, it. I'm going to no. do it. No, 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 please. No, 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 no. All right, all right, all right. Fine, fine. <laughs> yeah she was Um, great man she was great uh, that movie's just fucking sensational if you haven't seen it um, slap yourself in the face you have another one on the list that I I feel like was a um, another recent hit but it is so good it encompasses like so much of the worlds that we enjoy it's Cabin Mm -hmm. in the Woods oh how can we not talk about horror films and not discuss Cabin in the Woods oh my god yeah We, we have such a running list for you audience for like movies you need to check out like please you're welcome Put this one closer to the top of the list. I feel like we're Please. getting like really, really to like the top tiers here. Okay. Yes. Um, and there will be tears. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like hey, that. Yeah, that's good. Um, so Cabin in the Woods is very kind of a subversion of the genre where it combines a lot of different genre films together to like kind of satirize it. But at the same time, it is a proficient horror movie unto itself. It, it's meta horror. It, yeah, it's meta horror, but not that lame ass meta horror from. School. Oh my god, I am so ashamed of us. We were like, oh, there's no other Shigorni films on the list. <gasps> oh my god, you're right. Wow, wow. Yeah, there's, I'm... there's no other movie on the list that ends with Nine Inch Nails. This is tr- this is true. It is true. It's so true. What's that song? Uh, Wish. Nope. Last. 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 I I almost got it. I almost got it. Yeah, you're on the right album. You're on the right album. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Shigorty, you're right. Shigorty shows up at like I love her. that. God, yeah. that movie's got everything. The movie's got for us. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel like it's kind of like made for us? Like okay, weed jokes. Weed jo- Oh my god, the fucking um, the, the, <laughs> the collapsible bong. <laughs> the collapsible bong thermos. It's a coffee thermos and also so a good. bong. It has so it's written by Joss Whedon. 
Uh, it has a lot of um, Buffy verse alums, including Franz Kranz, like who's one of my absolute favorites. Um, and is Marty Noxon not a part of the cast? Marty Noxon? Uh, yeah, didn't Marty Noxon work on the production side of it? Oh my god, I'm gonna have to look it up. I, it wasn't Marty Noxon, but I think it was Matt Reeves actually. Oh, uh, okay. Um, let me make sure I am totally right. This movie's not Cabin Fever. <laughs> <laughs> Which I enjoy, but we're not even gonna get like we don't even need to go there. Which cabin fever? No, right now. they remade it entirely shot for shot, literally like six years after it came out. It makes no fucking sense. No fucking sense that they do that. Okay, the director Drew is Goddard. Uh, yep, Drew Goddard, and Drew Goddard, I believe, went on to do something really good. Uh, he oh, yeah, he did uh, The Martian and Cloverfield. Yeah, everything makes sense now. Weird. Yeah, and he um, he also did Daredevil season one. I remember that he fucking nailed Daredevil season one. So yeah, uh, had a really good um, crew cast. Ev just everything about this movie with fucking um, Chris Hemsworth is in it and has so one good. of the most. I, okay, I'm gonna give you a spoiler. He has one of the most glorious movie deaths in any horror film. It's so good. <laughs> it is beyond good. Oh man, please please watch this movie. Please. It is so Just, good. I, I can't say there's a single thing about that movie that, that disappoints me. I mean, the, from start to finish, that movie is a gold mine. It's meta horror at its finest. It gives you everything you want. Like everything you want to happen in the movie happens for the most part. I mean, it's just so satisfying. I feel like we're getting to a point. All right. There's, there's more in the list, but I feel like we need to actually... We just do a flyby on some of those. We just talked right, about like, that's what this is going to be. But I do want to cap off. It, we are definitely going to cap off um, with something that's totally appropriate to it being Halloween. Of course, that there's a hint right there. Okay. Oh. All right. Oh. All right. All right. So flybys. Pumpkinhead. Please watch oh my Pumpkinhead. God. Go watch it right now. Stan Winston directed it. Starring fucking Lance Henriksen, who's made for horror movies. They literally was... genetically engineered him for horror movies. <laughs> it's true. You know him as Bishop. I know him as dad. Uh, there, <laughs> there's Hellraiser. Clive Barker, man. Directing Clive his own book. Yeah, it, it is fucking weird. And <laughs> what weird was that and tweet? It's weird that? and kinky and sexy and kind of scary and like kind of horrifying and... That I said to you a tweet where somebody summed up the film <laughs> that he went to hell <laughs> and when he escaped, a bunch of sex demons came after him because they wanted him back. <laughs> Please, God, no. Cancel the podcast. I have to think about that for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh, we have The Fly. I assume that is uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly. Correct. Correct. You can't have a horror list if you're not going to have a Cronenberg on there. Uh, and you you really just can't have life without a Jeff Goldblum. And that's precisely what that film gives us. I know this. Oh, that's such a sensational film. Um, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I like the original. Part two gets a severe shout out for me for being fucking ridiculous. It's terrible. It's terrible, but terribly good. Dennis Hopper has a goddamn chainsaw fight with Leatherface. Please watch it. It's that. completely true, but the remake horrified the shit out of me when I was a teenager. Uh, yeah, I remember that one being kind of hard. Yeah, it scared the crap out of me. I remember that. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the fucking The Gate. Yeah, this one you may not be familiar with, right? I have not seen this. Gotcha. The Gate is about uh, a bunch of kids. Their parents go away, so they have the house for the weekend, and... You know, one thing leads to another. There's a gate to hell 
in their backyard and demons, claymation demons start coming. A hellmouth. It's literally a hellmouth. Uh, claymation <laughs> demons start coming up and raining terror on them. And doing crazy shit. Hello, cat. And doing crazy <laughs> shit. Like uh, there's this one scene where it the kid put picks up the telephone and he thinks it's his dad uh, talking to him. And then suddenly, th- th- always will stick with me. The phone like heats up or some shit, and all you hear is "You've been bad." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, and then everything goes absolutely nuts. It's an amazing. Oh my god, movie. Oh, that's a, and that's an eighties film. That? It's an 80s film. You have to check it's it Bebastis. out. For sure. You know it's Bebastis, my fat spooky Bebastis. cat. What a fat spooky cat. Um, yeah. This one is not a flyby. It is not a flyby. I actually need you to talk about this one a little bit. Okay. Um, Where the fuck did it go? It was on the list. Now it's not on the list. <laughs> what, <laughs> did you do? what do you mean? Did I take Did I take it off? Was it snakes on a plane? What we do in the shadows. Take it off. Okay. Away. All right. So what we do in the shadows is... Um, if you took Interview with a Vampire and The Office and put them together. Essentially. <laughs> so so it is a documentary that follows three vampires who are living in modern day Europe and, or I'm sorry, modern day um, New Zealand. It's got some alumni from Flight of the Concords um, and it is probably one of the best like horror comedies to to ever exist we've got um werewolves in there as well and we've got we've got a few werewolves um but i think what i love about it is that it doesn't take itself too seriously i mean it knows exactly what it's doing it knows exactly what it's supposed to be and it hits all of the right marks from the very beginning i mean Taika, Taika Waititi, I don't know actually how to pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> he stars in it, and he is the most charming, adorable, little, sincere vampire like it, that I've ever seen. Uh, Jermaine Clement is in it as like an older vampire, and he, like through the course of the film, like stops drinking human blood for a reason I don't want to like spoil just in case anyone hasn't seen it but um he stops drinking human blood and he starts like aging <laughs> and you like visibly get to see it and it's so fucking hysterical and it's and they've got like a Nosferatu character as well which is really interesting and I just it hits on all of the right like meta horror marks and things like that and I just I really 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 enjoy it I mean horror comedy is such a niche genre but like it does it so goddamn well it really is sensational I, I don't know what else to tell you it's, it's hilarious it's it's not even really like a horror movie it's just a spooky movie it's got some spooky vibes to it but it's so fucking good um, it's very spooky. I think. Yeah. Okay. You got anything for Babadook? Um, that a lot of people only know it from it being like a meme, but it's actually like a really fucking good movie. Like I really enjoy films about like motherhood and things like that because I think it's it's very horrifying. Like it's very scary. I think Hereditary does something similar, but I just I really like the idea of that character and what they have to go through and the way that they end the film. It's it's genuinely horrifying. I mean, it just it hits all the right notes thematically. It's fucking incredible. Like again, that was another instant classic for me too. That one didn't didn't land as hard for me. I remember when I watched it. I there just was not something there. I think it was the kid being just so off. Oh, he's terrible. Really terrible. And I was just like, I don't I don't really care. Like let the Babadook just let him just get him. him dude just let, let him get him just, just let him get him <laughs> all right i do so i think it's 
totally appropriate for us to cap this podcast off with Halloween. Let's do it. We mean it in a few different ways. We talked about John Carpenter earlier. The original is an absolute classic, but uh, you and I have a very soft spot for something that's kind of uh, divisive for a lot of people out there, which is Rob really Zombie's is. remake Ugh. of Halloween that happened in 2000s. Happened. It happened to us. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the shit of that movie. Like I, Me too. I, I don't know. I know I know the the arguments about like trying to humanize Michael's kind of like, you know, whatever. And then the whole kind of like redneck twist on his backstory is is a lot to swallow. When you get through like the first 30 minutes of the film, like I didn't mind those parts. I honestly didn't. But when you get through Me the either. first 30 minutes and get to the parts that are like a genuine remake of the first film, it he handles it with just such a a different lens a different eye it, it cuts a little bit more it's a little bit grimier it's a little bit scarier like it's it, it keeps you off kilter because you really do feel the power and menace of this michael myers you know that this thing coming after uh the main characters laurie strode included and i i like how they updated it, like just a lot of it i i think it still works a lot of that is because of the foundation that john carpenter laid out but having Rob Zombie just kind of tell it his way was so fucking good. And I think whether anyone else likes it or not, Rob Zombie knows horror. Yeah. Oh, in and out. In you and can't out. you can't say that the man doesn't. You know growing up he lived and breathed that the the original Halloween film. I mean, that was that was that came out when he was you know, in his prime, basically. So you can absolutely see the film as a love letter. Like, if you enjoy the first one, then you then there's no reason for you not to enjoy Rob Zombie's remake. Like, I understand, I get it. You know, I get where people are coming from. But at the same time, I think it's not that it's humanizing it; it's making it more believable. It's it's saying like, look, monsters are created. Sometimes that's just how it is, and I think it does a really good job of showing that. That's true. That is true. Uh, I know people just have a problem with that because they, in some circumstances, and I, it, it's better that you don't know the intentions of the thing coming after you. It just is a force of nature. But there, I don't know. There was something about this movie being so grounded that worked for me. And mm -hmm. the fact that it's also made by somebody who's been inspired by 70s horror, all of it, not just a singular film. So you have like callbacks to like rushes in the movie. Fucking Ken yep. Foray from Dawn of the Dead shows He's up. He's in it. <laughs> He's in it. Um, something that they do like musically in, in a, the second one is they use Nights in White Satin like mm. really beautifully. And I just, I really enjoy like the callbacks the way it's all put together is so, so, so good. And I don't, I, I get why people don't like Rob Zombie films, but I don't think this, this, I wouldn't say this is like a devil's rejects type of film. You know what I mean? I, I, I know. Uh, I, Cause I agree to a certain extent uh, that a lot of Rob Zombie's films are abrasive. They're mm -hmm. abrasive horror. And that is most undoubtedly shown off in house of a thousand corpses. I do not yep. like that film. Yeah. Devil's Rejects, I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Like you made like kind of a Western horror movie, but mm -hmm. fuck House of a Thousand Corpses. F fuck the Rain Wilson fish monster that they made me see. Oh, I did not God. need to see that. But I'm so glad you brought up Halloween 2, the remake sequel? The, the sequel? requel? Seek make? I don't know. Uh, because I get why people don't jive on that movie. And 
I'm still kind of like up in the air sometimes where I'm like, yeah, I see why, where they went a little too hard on this element that they did not need to, but I did overall, it was such a surreal film and I liked seeing uh, these characters and Michael Myers and the psychosis of, of his rage kind yes. of brought to the forefront. Cause that, that was the whole thing about Knights in white satin is the white rage of this character. Like he couldn't see anything else. It that's what the turned mask. him into a monster. The yeah. white of the mask. I mean, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah, I love the themes and the symbolism that he threw like threw in there because otherwise, like if you go back to older Halloween films, especially a lot a lot of the sequels, that isn't there. That isn't something that it focuses on or even cares about. But I feel like it gives it such a unique bent that I, you know, I can't help but want it to be there. Exactly. I mean, I completely agree. And like, I think what the the original Halloween movie, the John Carpenter version, something it doesn't do for me is I'm not afraid. Of Michael Myers, I'm not afraid of him or what he can do, um, but I am interested. You know, I'm interested in the universe. I am fascinated. The Rob Zombie remake, I am afraid of Michael because there's this scene where I think we've talked about this before, but like there's a scene where you have um, Michael and he's in the facility and he's older now. And like, he's being kind of bullied by some of the other guards and he, because of all the, like the weird masks that he makes. And then you have like the janitor who's like really, really nice to him and always calls him like, Hey Mikey. And like played famously by, <gasps> Come Danny on, Trejo. Danny Trejo, who who does a really good job in this role, and he's this very sweet janitor who comes in and is just always kind to Michael. And then, spoilers, um, when Michael gets gets the fuck out, yeah. um, he goes on a fucking killing rampage because he's blinded by fucking rage. I mean, he was treated like shit for years and you you would be mad too. So he fucking kills the guards. And then there's this moment where he sees the janitor and the janitor's begging him like, Mikey, please, I've always been nice to you. Like, Mikey, please don't do this. And it, it doesn't matter. Like, Michael has no sense of empathy left. Like, whatever, whatever shred of empathy or humanity that was in him, it's gone. Right, right. That I remember that this movie really did display the brutality of this character, showed you that he is a force, essentially. Yeah. I, I fucking love that. Uh, yeah, and the kills were, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were a bit much here and there. They were harsh, they were harsh. Got but... it, but that, and then the ending of the remake, the first movie. Oh my god, where she's oh just screaming god. with blood all over her face, just screaming. <sighs> I remember walking away from that and just going like, holy fuck it. Like they did it. Guys, <laughs> they, did they did it. it. Guys. They did, guys, we, we they did it, guys. But I'm hearing <laughs> the the new Halloween uh, fucking masterpiece. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh man, I, I cannot wait. Because I, I really do hear it's its own thing. Didn't Trent Reznor and Atticus do the music a, a song for this? They did a Halloween theme, but I don't think it's the one being used in the film, funny enough. Well, we won't know until it happens. We, we we don't know anything. <laughs> we don't we don't know anything. <laughs> I do know. I do know that Lori. She's looking pretty damn damn buff. Oh yeah. Well, got Jamie uh, Lee up in this. Played she by like she can crack a few eggs. Played by fifty nine year old Jamie Lee Kurt. Looking dope, man. She looked great. She she's about to wreck some bitches. All right, I'm gonna take you on a quick. Everything I love that I say quick, like, no, we've already like had like four quick saves worth of episode. <laughs> <In one scene. laughs> we'll just but, break it up by, like, 
like Stephen King films, found footage films. I'm going to take you down on a downward fucking spiral of Halloween sequels. Okay. Because when it comes to Halloween time, I think of like, you know, if you want to talk about dumb popcorn horror that you can watch Halloween four and five back to back. Oh my God. One story, but it's actually a pretty solid story. (laughs) Okay. It gets a little weird because the main character who is a little girl, the niece of Laurie Strode, who apparently is dead in part four or five, that got retconned. Yeah. Um, actually, all of these films got retconned with the new Halloween. Um, Good. Who cares? He has some, exactly, some sort of psychic link with Michael Myers, her uncle, for some fucking reason. I don't know <laughs> what that's about, but I'm glad they actually reuse that actress because she shows up in both Halloween the remake and Halloween 2. I didn't know remember? that. He was the sheriff's daughter who was played by Brad Dourif. <sighs> Yep. Oh yeah! Yep. Look at you. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. 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 And then um, one of Paul Rudd's first movies is Halloween Six. <laughs> yep, I was waiting for you to mention Halloween Six. <laughs> There's nothing else to mention about the Curse of Michael Myers. They made it into That's... this whole cult thing where it's like, oh yeah, we raised Michael for for Satan or something. It's just like, all right, shut up. This, this is all. <laughs> shut up. What, what is this? A, a Jason film? Yeah. Ex- God, I think. Um, what was the one? Jason goes to hell is better than that fucking movie. It was the Jason Correct. movie where he only shows up for like less than eight minutes. See, that's why I like season of the witch. <laughs> <laughs> I love season of the witch. I'm always it's very good. It's like so I said, I watched good. it the other day and it, it's extremely eighties deep. There's like a really unnecessary sex scene in that movie. It's so eighties. <laughs> I remember it's really weird. And then that woman goes on the play with some sort of like medallion and gets laser faced. It's, it's, it's- crazy yes it's another woman it's another woman you're right yeah yeah does not matter (laughs) doesn't it really truly does not matter whole film doesn't matter but it's great um and then i will i do want to give like a special call out to halloween h2o halloween water kind of a kind of a classic kind of like an aught 2000s like classic faculty era horror thank you yes exactly yeah for sure uh josh heartthrob heartnet is in it um oh also i mean 30 days a night fucking fantastic actually oh my god can't even can't even joke about that holy shit that is a good movie it's a great movie but halloween h2o man um a dude gets an ice skate in his head um (laughs) honestly it was a little like final destination it was a lot like Final Destination. Yeah, with like, hey, Michael Myers is here. Hey, guys, it's your pal, The Shape. <laughs> like, the, 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 So the reason why this podcast has not ended, it's it's like when we get into a conversation about it, it turns into the spider web of like, <laughs> you just mentioned Final Destination, and I had to stop myself from getting excited and wanting to talk about Final Destination. <laughs> We're not talking about Final Destination. We're not. We, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But part two is pretty fucking good. <laughs> oh my god all right we should we should close it is there any any final thoughts you have any any shout outs for horror flicks i mean Um, i'm actually surprised at you at me i asked you about your favorite halloween movies that you watch every year and you did not mention the one that you definitely watch every year which is hocus pocus which is hocus pocus (laughs) well it's not a horror film (laughs) 
I beg to differ. There's there's one man who was a boy who was turned into a cat and stuck as a cat for centuries. I would say that's that's body horror. It's actually it's it's very body horror actually. It's super body um, horror. <laughs> I think I I was like thinking about Halloween movies that I do love to watch, but like I was not going to mention like Hocus Pocus or like Halloween Town or anything like that because <laughs> was, um, they're intrinsic. They're they are it's so intrinsic, intrinsic to me as a person, like to who yeah. I am. But mm -hmm. at that, and I, I, I sort of like wish Daniel uh, could help me out right now because I kind of want to bombard you with like Disney Channel, like oh. horror, like not horror, but Halloween wraps? movies. Under <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to mention. Under wraps, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. That that'll be a different. We could do a specific episode about Disney horror. Movies. We are not doing that. That is not what this podcast is about. Um, Hocus Pocus, yes, yeah. I truly love that movie. Um, I actually just got like a bag from Spirit Halloween. You know, my ass went into a Spirit Halloween as soon as I saw one of those bitches pop up. I, I got, <laughs> I got it's a, a. It's not a problem. It's a curse. Mm. <laughs> It's my um, <laughs> It's who I am. I got a, a bag and it says, um, I lit the black flame candle. Now that implies that I am a virgin, but I'm okay with that. I know. Um, but there is one movie th that's on this list that we didn't get a chance to mention. And I What's know that, that you and I know you and I have talked about it many times, and I think you and I are the only two people on the planet who have seen it and enjoyed it. But it's Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It's the best one. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Now, there is one caveat: you have yeah. to shut it off before the last five minutes of the film. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I was just like, yeah, it's the best one, except for the ending. Except for the ending. Now, everything else about that movie is. Chef's kiss, so good. So good. My so my dude good. is is haunted himself. <laughs> he came back haunted. <laughs> he came back haunted. <laughs> haunted. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, but no, I, I really, really liked it. Um, the paranormal activity films are notable for their found footage style. Obviously, this is something we've mentioned as a recurring theme, but mm -hmm. I really love the way that this film does it. And I love the way that they take it into um, a non-English speaking bent. So the main, I know that no one who's fucking listening to this has ever seen the film. So let me briefly tell you what this fucking film is about. Please. So Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, is about a, a young boy who receives oh, sorry. <laughs> it's about a 90-minute film, um, <laughs> probably on Netflix, um, <laughs> Amazon Prime Hulu. Uh, so he gets, he gets a camcorder, video recorder for his birthday, and he just starts filming like goofball shit around his complex that he lives in he lives with his grandmother and um it's like a very small tight-knit community that he lives in and i don't want to give too much away but there there is a connection to the other paranormal activity films but basically there's a neighbor who lives in the complex um and there's kind of been like rumors about what goes on in her house something happens and the woman no longer lives there anymore so the main character and his goofball best friend decide to go in and inspect it and what happens is probably one of the only truly horrifying things to happen in any of the paranormal activity films and i'm not going to spoil it because i genuinely want people to watch this movie and then turn it off before the last tackles him and gives him a wet willy I, yeah i know and jake Busey sucks on his toes whoa <laughs> 
horror. Um, but it it is very very good, and I really like that a lot of the film uses uses like a mix of Spanish and English because I think there's a lot of cool horror elements that can be found in like uh, South American or like Spanish folklore, to, like a lot of like the dark magic elements that are kind of like talked about um, in that culture kind of come through in this film and I think it's done really really well and it's handled from in a way that's like actually smart um except for the last five minutes except for the last five minutes yeah, yeah. I know it just yeah. don't don't get there like make sure you you shut it off and you just to be <laughs> safe throw your streaming device out there's no potential have you have um, you uh have you ever yeah. heard of of edging <laughs> yes um <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Paranormal activity, the marked ones, is like edging for your eyes. Oh, God. One line review of this film. <laughs> it's like edging for your eyes. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was ragging on Daniel for, for saying really horrendous things about wanting to like have sex with a Goomba. And then here I am. <laughs> Just as bad as him. Yeah, I, I, I think I've been remarkably restrained, except for uh, the whole come shooting out of Ian Fleming. Wait, Ian Fleming is a writer of 007. I'm thinking of Ian Holmes. <laughs> I don't wow, know how much come is shooting no out of Ian Fleming these days. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I went, That went right over my head. I was like, uh-huh. Well, if it's not Ian Malcolm, I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, wrong Ian. Don't give a shit. <laughs> don't know him. Uh-huh. Who is he? Well, very cool, very spooky. I think uh, I think it's time to shut this one down. I think so too. And have ourselves a real life found footage horror, <laughs> just living life. Submitted for the approval of the Save Room roommates. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You had you had a better send off than I did. I'm gonna make sure that I delete most of it. Oh wait, no, said. hang on. What's up? <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> No, don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, yep. Thank you for re- recording what ended up being like just an actual episode. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, thank, they're you. thank you so much for having me. No problem. We're, we're going to do this again. We have, we have more planned oh, good. down the pipeline. Uh, I think this is the point where I'm supposed to do some housekeeping. Right? Yes, go ahead. Okay, cool. Well, you can find the show and hopefully you're listening to it on soundcloud.com slash the safe room show. Otherwise, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, some other shit um, <laughs> in a found horror footage movie <laughs> and a found footage uh, horror anthology. Right. Like we're, we're tucked in between like, you know, one of the VHS stories. You could just like pick it up and be like, oh, this is gross. And then throw it away. Talk about <laughs> the Haunted Dick Podcast. Uh, and then uh, you can find our show on Twitter at Save Room Show. Is there anything you'd like to promote for yourself, Jess? Uh, sure. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Cylon. That's spelled P-S-Y-L-A-W-N. Yes, it is a reference to Battlestar Galactica. Please don't ask me about it. I was, I was wondering about that. I didn't want yeah. to ask you. Yeah. yeah. Clear that up. Cool. Mystery yeah. solved. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I hope you have the spookiest of Halloweens. And really, really, really just need to reiterate, do not watch the last five minutes of Paranormal Activity. Please. The market won't. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> The Don't fuck do it. Do it. <laughs> Just walk away. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>